So what's it going to be? Yay or nay? 0416905052 or 1300652927 to jump on and have a chat. We've got some interesting topics coming up. We've already touched on the one regarding athletes on the other side of 40 that are performing well. We want to have a chat about Tasmania and what can be done there. I've got a piece of audio I want to play from Zach Purton yesterday, which I found a little bit interesting. And if you're having $100 on something this weekend, I want to know what it is, Matt. So we'll get to that in a moment. But athletes that are going well into their 40s, Steve, you'd be all over this. Yeah, obviously there's a good bowler from England going and pretty well. And that's the whole reason I I, pick, mm. I put it on the screen. Yep. James Anderson, he's the world's number one test Yeah, number bowler. one test bowler. What is he, nearly 41 he's or he's 40 and a half? So a pretty amazing effort, isn't it? Just to, to it just shows you in a lot of the tennis players, Maddie, and now you know mid thirties, thirty six. Warinka, mm-hmm. you know Nadal's getting older. Um, Djokovic is thirty six. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the obviously the conditioning, mm-hmm. the money involved. Uh, normally, the tour players are done by twenty nine or thirty mm-hmm. in the older in the eighties. I reckon it's the conditioning because you know they they weren't the same athletes. If you if you had um, McEnroe. Um, Jimmy Connors and Bjorn Borg standing there in a pair of boxer shorts next to the players. Now, they're just different physiques, aren't they? I reckon the physiques are built to, for longevity now. Yeah. Who was Did Dustin Fletcher play into his 40s or was he close no, to? Close to. Boomer yeah. Harvey was... Was he 40? Not quite. No. I, I can't recall any footballers yeah. 40. Dustin Fletcher might have been 38. How old's yep. Buddy? 30, I think Buddy's 37 this year, isn't he? Is that right? 36. Okay. Um, yeah. Apprentice Mick just said in the years, Michael Tuck, he, he looked, looked old before older. his time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Might have just been an appearance thing. <laughs> no, but he did play, I reckon, yeah. mid-30s. And in yeah. those days, it was extraordinary. Of course, KB looked uh, 45 from the day he started. Yeah, exactly. And in the jockey ranks, back in the Blake Shin, Nick Ryan era, the, it was if you're over 27, you were seen to be done and dusted. It Is was that right? all about young kids back then. Look at all the megastars now. Average age of a megastar jockey in the world would probably be about 38. I always think with jockeys, I don't even think about their age one bit. Like, it, if I'm a punter, I, I do not care how old a jockey is. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, whereas mm. it, so, I feel like it doesn't have any relevance mm. at when all. When is a jockey's prime? Though, do you think, is it late, is it mid 30s, late 20s? Like, a cricketer's probably early 30s. But the jockeys get more wily as they get older, mm. and those little one percenters accumulate. Like, Ollie's. Damien Oliver's fit in his 50s now, and I reckon a lot of the, the one percenters are the ones he's gleaned late in career yep. rather than yep. early. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, Kelly Slater came through thick and fast, obviously. He won J-Bay, I think, when he was 50 last year, and he's still going. Uh, and he's 51 years of age, so it's a, it's a great topic. He won a triple mm. crown at 47, so uh, Mickey Comerford's all over it. Hey, uh, Wayne Benays gave us a call out the back earlier. Saucy Benays, yeah. yeah. I, I don't to... mind the Benays sauce on a bit of uh, scotch fillet, if I ever had it. Oh, okay. You know a Benays? I'm a garlic butter man, but uh, anyway. Pepper uh, sauce. Yeah, he, he's going to give us a call back, in a th- I think, in a moment, Steve-O, because mm. Big Dane he wants Tassie. to know how we, he, we raise the money, or Tasmanians can raise the money to get this stadium up and going. I, I know he's got an idea. Obviously, Anthony Al- Albanese and the government are now under pressure to put in $240 million, which is... Should they? Uh, yes, I think they should for Tassie. Uh, uh, and they should probably, in a perfect world, match that with welfare, health, education, because I think Tassie's infrastructure in those areas is a, a bit low as well. So I think there should be a mix. Um, so 240 in the scale of things in the, in the national budget is not too bad, just for the psyche of an entire state. 
So the pre- so the pressure's uh, definitely on there. Before we get to Wayne, Matty, what do you think? You're not a rusted-on, hardcore footy fan. Do you think Tasmanian deserve this side? I was talking to Bear Robinson yesterday and a group of his mates, all footballers, and we were talking about Glenorchy, the, tra- the, the sad demise of impending demise of the Glenorchy Footy Club, and they were actually saying that it's it's irre- it's totally unavoidable. But the the when if the if they create an AFL team in Tasmania, it will have a it really have a sort of an inverted negative effect on the local leagues okay. as well. Mm. Um, just on Glenorchy, they, they say it's a just shot, it's a shot duck down there. So, I, I, look, I I remember when we were down there interviewing uh, Peter Gutman, who was the then premier, about his passion for it, and to me it all makes sense. And one thing that we were talking about this group of Tassie footballers yesterday was it when it comes in. Five years down the track after it's come in, everyone will be saying, why didn't this come in 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll say, well, why did this take so long for this football state to have its own side? Is that, is that, do you accept? Do you, do you agree with that, steve Yeah, I agree. I think it, it's inevitable now. It just sort of makes sense. But it's how they get it done. And there's both, party, oh, it's both sides of politics have put out a petition saying, well, let's just say we're going to have a team anyway without a stadium. But I think it's good to have a stadium in place. The Blundstone Arena down there, not quite up to it, oh, I'm big on the stadium being an important part of Tassie getting uh, the 19th licence. Wayne's rang in. He wants to have a chat. Uh, thanks for giving us a call, Wayne. G'day. How are you going? All right? Yeah, we're well. You had an idea. Yeah, well, the idea was, well, if, if uh, a suburb starts up, is to build a club from the ground up. So it starts with fundraising. Now, with, with, without, like, I think all the football fans, majority of... Uh, even level-headed football fans would would put in if we if we want uh, run a super lottery or several of them. I'm sure you know the fans that would would put in, and and it won't affect uh, the people that are not interested in football throughout Australia, which would be whether it be state of Tasmania or federal. So I think the government could run a a tax-free lottery, super lottery. Yeah, I, I know. I believe Tats Lotto. Tats started. I remember the Georges when I was a kid, uh, and I believe Tats started in Tasmania. So let's go back to the grassroots, where it's, I'm pretty sure it started over there. You people with your Twitters, whatever you do nowadays. I'll just I'll just consult Twitters. Yeah. Well, there you go, Matty. So a fundraising effort where you can. Make a bit of money, or you can win some money as as a result of being involved. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, no, all ideas um, uh, are worth um, um, bringing to the table, Wayno. Wayno, you do know me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you must remember the old helmet I used to wear. Yeah, no, indeed. Um, now, look, as I said, it's, I, I can't believe all that's been going on. Um, it, it's just, it's common sense. Mm. To me, it's common sense. Yeah. Like, as I said, if you're starting up a new area, well, everybody, you know, they, they have the tin rattles and, and the raffles and everything like you that. You need to build a sense of community, don't you, Wayne? And that's one of the best ways to do it, yeah. yeah. You're right. George Tattersall's moved his business to Hobart in 1895, where okay. it took off. You're spot on. Wayne was all over it. Good on you, Wayne. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you jumping on. 1300 652 927 if anyone else wants to jump on and have a chat on yay or nay. Matt, yesterday when you interviewed Zach Purton... Um, Michael Felgate asked about his rides coming up in Sydney. This is his answer. Uh, so next Saturday, yeah, I'll be down. Um, so because I got the suspension, 
the timing worked out well. I mean, I could ride on Saturday and then I'm not in a hurry to get back to Hong Kong to ride here on the Sunday and we'll just see how things go. If uh, things go well and enjoy being back home, feels good. You never know what the future might hold. So I must admit, I know he's hinted at this in the past, but I thought that was a very, very strong hint that he's considering coming back to Australia to ride permanently. Well, and does a suspension imposed in Hong Kong not be relevant somewhere else? So if he gets three weeks in Hong Kong, can he just fly down to Australia and ride and then go back once mm. it's... Oh, that was a hint. Know. As a journo, you look for signs, well, and I think he's dropped a, a massive... Well, not a massive story, but I think that's significant. I well, think you can read into that. Watch this space. Well, Definitely. in the same interview, the, the big thing really to me was when he was going to have the confrontation with Mark Van Gestel last mm. night and it was mm. me or you um, if you don't change your way of stewarding I'm out yeah uh, he was yeah. he was basically and that was the the fine line that Zach Purton's walking at the moment is it, the the the, the participants <laughs> oh, are the ones that have to adapt <laughs> to, the, you in to the rule makers not the other there's no history at all of the of the the cops uh, the rule of law being overrun by so I think Zach Purton has got a he's got a healthy sense of ego, and I know he, things are being disrupted and so on. But you cannot basically provide an ultimatum to the chief steward that unless you change, yep. chief steward, I'm walk. And, and Zach Purton is a massive generator of turnover in Hong Kong. He knows how powerful he is, yep. but he's re- he's treading a very. F- if I was Mark Van Gestel and 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 um, Zach Purton approached me with that ultimatum. Yep. I would say pack your bags. Well, imagine it happening here in Victoria. The, the biggest name jockey saying that about the chief steward in Victoria. Like, imagine what sort of yeah. story that would be, mate. You, you can you can say, look, I really f- feel that he's being a bit harsh. He's got every right to say that, but you can't then say, to my mind, um, I'm going to hang this over you. You might not have me anymore unless you change your ways. I mm. think there has to be a less confrontational way of dealing with it. I think he'll be back in Australia at some point in the next. 12 well, months. We'll That's my and... guess. That's a pure guess. But off the back of what he said there at the end, I'm, oh, I've got a strong mm. hunch. Well, now. we'll try and get hold of Mark Van Gestel. I've got tomorrow off, so next week. <laughs> Matty doesn't work on his days off, Steve-O. Really, we can team up for someone else. He really unwinds. Yeah, Big V Racing still goes on a, on a That's Friday. That's right. Big V Racing doesn't go into recess. Oh. Exactly, exactly right. Hey, it's uh, as, it's as give, a given as the sun coming up, Big V Racing. <laughs> hey, uh, all right. If we're having $100 this weekend, Matty... I'm probably not going to give you a hundred bucks, but if I did, how would you spend it? I would have, on a guess, something on Mask Crusader and the Oakley oh, Plate. You're, you're really keen on him. Oh, mate, I'm yeah. not overly, but I've got a weird feeling. Okay. I like Malum on him. All the little ingredients that I like. Sand are there. Down. Sand yeah. downs there. Um, any other? Any anything else? No. Uh, there's there's a couple that have come through. Uh, Matt, the fact that the boss said to do it is uh, is not enough. If it is wrong, that's in regards to the door stopping. Um, no, it's uh, it's there to be done uh, if it's in a public place. Well, and if your personal ethics disagree, then you've got that difficult decision of finding another job. But mm. I think some people feel strongly enough about it where they would maybe even do it, that. It can be exhilarating when you've got it on your own, and particularly if the guy stops or the mm. the, the woman involved stops and has a, has a chat. Sometimes they're quite happy to do it. Patrick Dangerfield's probably the best. He enjoys it. Mm. Mason Cox. When you, you line up at Collingwood, actually seeks it. Yeah, some of them do yeah. love it, don't they? <laughs> mm. He accidentally stumbles across. Do you want to talk mm. to me? When, <laughs> when that's my, great. When Max, you know, when my son was about thirteen, he was at the Port Melbourne footy, Williamstown Road footy ground, Port Melbourne, and he went, he doorstopped Dustin Martin when mm. Dustin Martin wasn't in a good mood. No, you, I, he's the one guy that 
I saw him one day and pretended I didn't see him. I had the chance to get out of the car. That's great. And I, I chickened out. And the boss said, did you see oh, him? No, I can own did. up now. No. Who was the boss at Channel 7? No, I can't say. Was it, was it Simon It was Crystal? a while ago. I can't say. I didn't see. Oh, that's <laughs> terrific. I wouldn't have picked that from you, Steve. Oh, well, sometimes. out. No, it was, yeah. I well, how many times? I tried well, to. Well, we've all done it when the boss says, well, how'd you go with that? He didn't answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a, a, a newspaper journal. Yeah, no, yeah. no, and I've tried. Yeah, yeah. I've tried. tried. And then you have to say to your other colleagues, make sure we're all on the same page here. <laughs> Don't give Mickey Comerford any ideas out the back. Don't give him any ideas uh, at all. There was a few more, Matty, really strong on the picnic front. Future is picnic racing soon, a race in Victoria. Understand this, the better. That's from Kenny. And, uh, Matt, these mm. people are horse lovers. Big trainers are more of a welfare issue. That's a text. That's not my view. That's someone yeah. else's view. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's a really interesting discussion.